Welcome to this, the first episode of the Legal 500's Corporate Conversations series, in-depth looks at pressing legal issues. This week, energy centralization in Mexico. Uh, welcome everyone to this edition of Corporate Conversations, um, sponsored by Legal 500. I'm Horacio Uriarte, a partner at Mijares Angoya, Tesi Fuentes in Mexico City. And we have an interesting topic today, uh, the topic, uh, of course, the ongoing uh, centralization uh, that has been occurring or going on in Mexico's uh, energy industry. I'm going to uh, introduce our guest uh, in a few moments, but first I'm going to give a, a brief introduction. Uh, but before going there, I just want to thank Legal 500 for organizing these uh, corporate conversations. Uh, very interesting format and a very flexible format that allows us uh, to introduce GCs across the, across several industries and get them to share a little bit of their knowledge and, and experience. Well, um, speaking a little bit about what's going on in Mexico's energy sector, I would say just as an introduction, that the sector is really going through a perfect storm created by both internal and external factors, although there are some um, good news. Uh, if we speak about the internal factors, um, well, first of all, we have to talk about necessarily about 2013 energy reform, which was groundbreaking, both because of its scale and depth. It received worldwide recognition, including by international agencies, such as the International Agency Agency. However, uh, this new administration, the Lopez Obrador administration, through changes not in the laws, but actually in the policies and several regulations, they have rebalanced the playing field, granting Pemex and CFE a new role, purportedly to regain the energy sovereignty of Mexico. These changes, which include a suspension, the indefinite suspension of the oil and, gases and gas licensing rounds and electricity auctions, have affected private interests and investments in multiple ways. The private sector was looking forward to the infrastructure and energy investment announced by the federal government. And this plan was expected for the first quarter of 2020, but actually arrived pretty late in the last quarter of 2020 and in two parts. The only relevant projects in the first part of this energy and infrastructure plan were refinery projects for Pemex. The second part of the plan that was, in, that was announced in this last quarter of 2020 included five combined cycle power plants, which CFE would launch through a financed public work structure that's, a, that's called the Obra Pública Financiada. However, we all know that the tender processes for these plans have been put on hold indefinitely for some time now. Another relevant project also mentioned in this energy infrastructure investment plan is a liquefaction terminal to be built by Yenova in Baja California. There were 297 energy infrastructure plans that were proposed by August by the private sector organizations, especially the Consejo Coordinador Empresarial, but these were left out. These were included 66 solar projects, 49 wind farms, 18 service stations, and 31 storage stations. On the, on the other hand, what we've been seeing is that Pemex credit rating continues to deteriorate and it has been reduced from stable to negative in the past few months. Pemex's proposed investment for the next, next years would not be sufficient to maintain the level of production in 2019 and 2020, considering a cut in Pemex's investment budget of approximately $1.6 billion, which forces Pemex to focus only on high margin projects, high margin projects. 
Now, if we add to this the external uh, factors, uh, it turns out that as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, there has been substantial volatility in the prices of oil. And it is expected that global demand for oil collapse will collapse to an all-time low of 9.3 million barrels per day in 2020. In response to, to, uh, to this uh, volatility in the price of oil, the OPEC plus group has curtailed oil production or oil supply by 10 million barrels per day. And the collapse in oil prices, of course, has impacted Mexican oil production, which has held uh, since March at prices below $40 per barrel, reaching an all time low, which I would say was impressive, never heard of, of minus $2 per barrel on April 20. IMF, the, the International Monetary Fund's forecast for the Mexican economy is that it will have a, a, a reduction, a decrease of 6.6%, and some, some analysts believe this is actually optimistic in 2020. And the International Monetary Fund expects that Mexico's gross domestic product will grow by no more than 1.8% in 2021. Well, that's all the bad news from both internal and external factors. However, there, there, there are some good news in the horizon. Uh, first of all, well, the good news, for instance, if we take a look at the hydrocarbon side of, of, of the sector, is that the country, you know, although the new Lopez Obrador administration has changed its policies and some regulations and suspended the oil and gas licensing rounds, the contracts were prior by, that were granted by prior administration have been honored. And the first oil has been extracted from some of from some of from, uh, from some of the oil fields uh, granted to the private to, pri to private companies, mainly in shallow waters. Production is expected soon and will allow Mexico to increase its energy platform. On the other hand, the infrastructure and services that are required for oil fields for these oil fields granted to private companies to comply with over sixty exploration plans and thirty development programs, both onshore and offshore represent billions of dollars of guaranteed investments by Pemex, IOCs, and independent operators from close to 40 countries. More than 70 storage terminals with an aggregate capacity of $4.5 million barrels and with a required investment exceeding $5 billion have already been authorized and are in the works. On the other hand, although CRE, the Energy Regulatory Commission, has been slowing down permits, the fact is that private sector participation in retail is a reality with more than one third of the market now with private, in the hands of private sector brands. On the other hand, um, the, the new free trade agreement with the US, USMCA became effective on July 1st, 2020. This, private, this new trade agreement protects investments in the hydrocarbons and electricity sectors, both against discriminatory treatment and direct and, 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 and also direct and indirect investments. On the other hand, on April 2020, the free trade agreement between Mexico and the European Union was updated and now includes areas such as energy and sustainable development. And having given this introduction, as you can see that there, that there is a perfect storm out there uh, created both by internal factors within Mexico, but also external factors in the world. But, but there's a positive outlook uh, in, in the sector and in, in some aspects. To talk about the, this, la the, 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 this landscape in Mexico, especially the upstream sector, we have invited Hector Hoffman, who is the Halliburton Mexican Commercial Legal Counsel. Hector has worked for public and private companies with the industry, leading to a deep understanding of technical, legal, and practical matters regarding oil and gas projects in Mexico and Central America. Hector, welcome. Thank you for joining us.
Thank you, Rasmus, for inviting me today to discuss about this important matter. First, I want to thank Mihalis Law Firm and Liga 500 to having arranged this discussion. Well, it is our pleasure and it's great having us here. Uh, good morning. Well, uh, Hector, companies such as Halliburton uh, have worked with Pemex for over 70 years. Do you consider that the energy reform reform as an opportunity or it affect the way service contractors have been doing business in Mexico? Uh, well, uh, I believe that's, the, that's uh, an opportunity in many sense. As the market uh, opened, uh, we have more uh, players in the field. We are not allowed to provide services to many, many other customers and players within the industry, uh, which is a, a good thing, uh, in my opinion. Uh, however, this also allowed to local service contractors to take in a share of the market in Mexico. Uh, having more uh, competition, made the industry more effective because uh, all these local companies will, uh, are involved now with uh, international companies uh, implementing the best, the best practices in the, in the industry. Uh, in, in, in terms of HSC matters, so I think it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, also, we cannot, uh, we cannot ignore the relevance of Pemex with respect to the Mexican market. Of course, is our major client in Mexico. As you mentioned, uh, Halliburton has a long story in working with Pemex, and we consider ourselves uh, and the company as a strategic partner of Pemex uh, to provide a variety of services and technology that allow to maximize the value of Pemex assets uh, in benefit of Mexico, of course. So having the straight uh, of Pemex implemented by, it's a good idea by this new government, as companies like Halliburton and local service contractors also be benefit of increasing the activity of Pemex. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, th 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 those are interesting insights. Um, however, uh, Hector, um, it is no secret that the energy policy, the new energy policy being uh, implemented by Lopez Obrador administration, it's aimed at giving Pemex and CFE a new role purportedly to regain Mexico's energy sovereignty. Do you believe these policies are affecting the oil and gas industry? And if so, how are they being affected? Well, I think the energy reform brought many opportunities for all the players in the, uh, in the field, including, including Pemex, of course. Uh, let's remember that Pemex is the uh, major oil uh, operator in Mexico with contracts with CNH. Uh, it's also important to, to mention that Pemex, it's benefit, of course, of this new energy reform. From a service contractor's perspective, uh, the new policies are not considered than perfect. Uh, I, I not consider that are the perfect storm since they are showing have benefit to Pemex, Pemex and all operators with a, with a contract with CNH are still working according with their uh, exploration and production plans. So we are still able to work with, with both of them. So we're expecting that these contracts are honored by the Mexican government so we can continue working with our customers as we are doing right now. Well, but in, in my opinion, all service companies from the largest to the smallest seek to see a vigorous and growing upstream sector, either through IOCs and independent operators that have signed contracts with CNH or by strength of 
Pemex capabilities. Either scenario has its upsides and downsides, uh, but it's definitely well accepted within the industry that the benefits of whatever outcome shall be reflected in an increase of oil production and social economic, economic improvement for Mexico. Okay, thank you. Well, um, as GC of Halliburton in Mexico, Hector, uh, of course, you have a lot of experience as what's going on, especially in the upstream sector. Can you tell us what challenges, you know, general counsels such as yourself are facing with the new policies that the Mexican administration is implementing in the upstream sector? Of course, well, uh, I think that the energy reform creates well, creates certainly a new legal framework, uh, straight the CNH capa capabilities, uh, uh, and also create new agencies such as the ASEA for the HSC matters and, and, and industrial safety, or the Mexico Petroleum Fund, which manage all the uh, income from the contracts signed with CNH. Uh, challenging our, ourselves, in-house lawyers and law firms to rapidly learn of these new regulations as well as to interact with regulators in a new in a new whole new market conditions uh, in which Pemex is not the the main factor of or of the decisions at least in the Mexico in the hydrocarbon industry more specifically in the upstream sector uh, but even Pemex have to learn to deal with these new rules and adapt itself to retain the, the permanent role as NOC in the, in the national oil and gas market. So Mexico is competing, uh, sorry, Pemex is competing. So I think it's a, it's a good thing. So, so, on, so since the regulator, uh, regulatory framework continues to changing, as you mentioned at the uh, beginning of this conversation, uh, I believe that the changes the challenges is in to be updated in an environment that continues changing. Also, it's important to note that the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and drop of the oil prices, as mentioned before, have also uh, wrapped that, uh, the industry in many ways, reshaped the industry in many ways, uh, bringing new challenges. Today, most of us, uh, we are working remotely and many of our organizations have taken and a step back to reevaluate their way they are doing business and eliminate waste and do more with less. Okay, well, th thank you, Hector. Let's take a COVID-19 pandemic out of the equation. Let's say that vaccinations work, they're being applied to everyone and, and the world returns to normal. Uh, what are your expectations for, for, for the following years, especially considering the new policies being implemented by, by the Mexican government? Uh, well, I think uh, we can expect uh, IOCs and independent operators to continue fulfilling their exploration and production plans, uh, contributing to the Mexico production, production goals. Uh, since, as uh, you mentioned in the introduction, significant investment were made to date, and this, the, this is the only, is this, and this is only the beginning of, of this process. Uh, on the other hand, I see a Pemex strong and committed to maximize the resources that that available in the benefit of increase of uh, hydrocarbon production. So that uh, that means that for service companies, the 
the landscape of the industry, it's good. Uh, it's a good news having Pemex trade. Uh, as I mentioned before, Pemex is one of the largest uh, customers for Halliburton. Uh, we have been working with them many, many years. So I believe that all of us within the industry should ask ourselves to uh, how these two models co can coexist uh, for the benefit of the growth of Mexico. It seems that to me that it's a matter of find how they can compete each other in a win-win situation for both and uh, private uh, sector and, and Pemex, of course. So, so, so Hector, uh, thank you very much. Um, it, it seems to me, you know, my, my takeaway from, from, from this conversation is that, um, you know, there are significant external factors that are, um, th that are affecting the industry, but also the policy of Mexico's government is also change, changing the, the playing field. And what I'm hearing from you is that the way, the way you see it as General Counsel of Halliburton and based on your experience is that it, it's better to have competition. It's good to have a strong Pemex, uh, a strong uh, uh, Pemex which is profitable, uh, which is uh, credit worthy, which is an excellent partner and client of Halliburton, but it's also good to have IOCs and international operators out there doing well, competing, uh, pr producing oil and gas in, in Mexican oil fields, create, you know, producing taxes, paying taxes to the Mexican government. And it, it seems to me that although the, the Mexican government strategy right now is, is focused on strengthening Pemex, it's also, also good to maintain diversity. And it's, it's, good for, it's good for every player in the market, including, uh, including Pemex. Am I right in, in, the, in that conclusion? Is, is that more or less the way you see things, Hector? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it's accurate what, what you're saying right now. Uh, from uh, summarizing all the, all, all this discussion we have today, uh, and uh, I believe that uh, uh, the Mexico government it's 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 keen to get um, um, the oil field operators currently working in Mexico uh, going going well. So at the end, we expect to have a, a strong market in the future. Uh, but, but as I mentioned, it's also a good idea to having Pemex to, to be, uh, to having this main role as always had. Question off the top of your head. What, what, you, you know, you, you speak with your clients all the time, both, both Pemex, your, the IOCs, independent operators. Um, Taking away Pemex, which is a, a, a whole different animal, what are your concerns of the, your private sector clients? I'm talking the IOCs and independent operators. Are, are there more based on, on, on the, you know, the international landscape, how things are, are, are looking, or more about changing of regulation and policy down here in Mexico? What, what, what are their concerns? Uh, well, I think at the beginning, uh, the, the, the new regulation it was a challenge for, for them. Uh, to as newcomers in the in the market, understand how Mexico uh, uh, implement all this new energy reform. Uh, also, the new the the, the, the new agencies the, uh, as the ASEA or or CNH has also to learn about how to implement this. So, I think at the beginning, this uh, communication between both parties. Uh, 
um, was a challenge for 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 the for the IOCs or the new companies, uh, and and uh, well, uh, generally speaking, I think that was the the main the main uh, challenge for them. Okay, uh, two final questions. First, any recommendations to any newcomer in Mexico? Well, I think uh, having uh, uh, retained some uh, law firms uh, as Mikares, I think it's a good idea because they're uh, in some in many in, in in many in many things uh, uh, using the right law firm. It's uh, 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 it's a good idea to 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 to. Uh, make business in Mexico, uh, having the advice of uh, professional law firms such as, as Mijares, it's a good idea. Uh, that's one of my, of my uh, recommendations. Uh, and also, uh, I think, uh, be updated all the time on new regulations and uh, uh, new policies. Um, uh, I think there's um, too many uh, administrative guidance issued by CNH or uh, also uh, ASEA or uh, the Mexico the, CRE. The, the, so it, it's important to be updated all the time uh, to understand how uh, things going. Uh, yeah, to, to understand to the regulators and their different roles because, you know, you speak about ASEA, CNH, CREA, and each of them, of course, has a different attributions and, and roles. Fa fa final question, Hector. Um, if you could have a conversation with the policymakers in Mexico, sit sitting to them, having a chat, just as we're having right now, what would be your main recommendation to them? Uh, well, to uh, keep the mind open, uh, I, uh, um, I think, the, the uh, market in which the competence, the, uh, the competition, it's um, it's the, the the main goal. It's in the benefit of every 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 uh, everyone in the industry uh, to have to, the the opportunity to work with uh, international uh, companies that had uh, they transfer in in many ways their knowledge of, of and, and and technology with local resources. So it's a good idea to have uh, a competition in the market because we, the Mex Mexicans uh, uh, workers in the industry are uh, able to interact with uh, international uh, practices. So I think that's uh, an that's, uh, 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 important thing. Well, Hector, Hector Hoffman, thank you very much, um, General Counsel from Halliburton in Mexico. This has been thank very I really appreciate all your comments, taking the time to have this conversation with us. And, and in my end, and, and I have no, no more questions. Uh, and, and I would just want to thank you for your time. No, thank you, Horacio, for your your uh, your words, the, the opportunity. And Mijares, Legal 500, thank you very much. And see you next. You've been listening to the Legal 500's Corporate Conversation Series.